0: Gentlemen, the stage is set, the mics are on, it's not another fight past time, with your hosts, fighting out of the blue corner, this man is a former fighter, the voice of Brave Combat Federation and Clan Wars MMA, the great and powerful, Bill Campbell. fighting out of the red corner, this man is a former fighter, and now one of the best coaches in mixed martial arts, the one and only... Andy, the Icon, Burrows! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Not Another Fightcast. I am Andy, the Icon, Burrows, and sadly, my co-host, Mr. Phil Campbell, is not with us today. He is just back from Hyderabad in India, following another Brave FC show. So today, I am not alone. I am joined by two very good friends of mine, and two of the gentlemen who got me basically interested in making my own podcast, um, they are quite famous in Northern Irish MMA circles for their work in the media. They are known for their videos, their audio output, and their own very two successful podcasts. One was the MMA Wayans, and two is Jack and Mel's Super Rad MMA Show. Welcome to Not Another Fightcast, Jack and Mel. How are you two guys today? I'm
1: very well. What about you? I'm very good. I'm very cold in here, but apart from that... <coughs> yeah, <I'm
0: really coughs> i got to say, it is pretty damn cold. I suppose we're now deep into the winter...
2: It's a poor house thing. I mean, there's no you know, no heating on for us coming around. It's Not like even that. a hot water bottle. No cuddles, no nothing. I was going <laughs> to offer
0: you a hug now, but it's a bit weird. <laughs> just made it awkward.
2: Yeah.
0: So, guys, I obviously wanted to ask you on the show simply because um, <clears> of <throat> a number of reasons. One, you guys are immensely popular regarding your media work. Two, both you gentlemen have now taken part in mixed martial arts competition. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and also, three, just because... You two are my mates, and I like talking shit with you, and I think it's a good idea to do it on podcast, so how about that?
2: Yeah, that, that, sounds, that sounds great. Um, <clears throat> thank you for the, the warm welcome. Um, yeah, we, we, we do as much media work as we, we can um, for MMA, but uh, obviously the circles are so small here, um, that, that it, it, it's kind of, we've been blessed, because we've only been doing it for a year or so, um, mm-hmm. and uh, because the circles are so small, word travels fast, um, so we started at, was it Clam Wars 34?
1: I can't even remember. I think it was earlier than 32, that. 32,
2: was it? 32. Something
1: like that. I lose track of the numbers.
2: That um, was the
0: Dan Lenjak one? No, it was one no, before
1: that. Um, so it was Troy the, and Moe Peter?
2: Yes, the one where oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Troy yeah. gave simply his knee out. And one of the, we actually have footage of that that we at some stage probably should release to Troy. Um, where... <laughs>
1: I don't know if he'd want to see I it. I don't know if he'd want to see doesn't. it,
2: maybe, but uh, there's a bit where his, his kneecap is literally... I think w- we actually knew the extent of his injury, I think, before he did, because he was misdiagnosed, he, I think.
0: Yeah, well, I, genuinely, I remember coming back to the corner and going, I've hurt my knee, and I'm in you'll be fine, don't worry about it, it'll be dead on. And then realising how significantly injured he was later on, yeah. just as a testament to how I tough that went knees. one way and shin went the other. Well, was, the,
2: the footage we have, we actually have, if you break it down frame by frame, a bit where you can see his kneecap perpendicular to his knee, right? okay. completely yeah. flat. Um, but he's a beast. It was a great fight. The at the head. fight as well. Yeah, okay.
0: and to, to not, a, not to get finished, and B, to complete the fight. Mm-hmm. And C, to make that all competitive throughout, still yep. with such damage, was yep. something to behold for such a very cool guy.
2: Um, so we, we started a, a podcast um, that you sort of highlighted, the MMA ins, which to be honest we've forgotten about. <laughs> um, yeah. That's, that's and that's we that's went cool. to Clam Wars to... Uh, initially just to interview people for the podcast and things, and then um, we sort of both would be quite creative. Mel's a a, a professional photographer. Um, I've dabbled in it. Um, I do audio engineering and and it was a perfect storm and we we released a highlight video that I think got 15 or 16,000 views and we were both a bit like... Sort of uh, just fell
1: into it because there was absolutely no plan to go and film there. It was just sort of a spur of the moment thing. Paul... Um, just asked us, do you want to sit Cade's side and record it? And one thing led to another and it worked out pretty well.
0: Yeah, um, but uh, Some of the videos that you guys have done though, have been nothing short of pretty damn spectacular. Going with uh, Mickey and Kaelin, that sequence in general, um, the footage that the future BBC basically took on for yep. um, that was all shot by, you guys Maybe a lot of people who have watched it, stuff on the BBC, didn't know that was the possession, that you guys made that mm-hmm. um, and that was utterly spellbinding for I had people who had no idea about MMA, who had zero idea who might just have been interested in boxing or just passing friends of mine and were stopping me and saying who's going to win between Mickey and Caleb I was only down to that video
2: That was a big, <coughs> a big moment for us and um, we're Not, still
1: getting yeah. people, you know, tagging their friends under that video, and that fight happened, what, a year, year yeah. and a half ago mm-hmm. now? So. Um, it was a massive thing for us uh, in terms of,
2: you know, as you said, um, the BBC got in touch with, um, I, I think, the the Clamours organization shortly after that video. Um, now... I don't know how official that is, but um, I know that they, they obviously did start to broadcast clamors, um on the iPlayer, which is an incredible thing for MMA. Totally. Um Now, whether or not the video was the the driving force or not, I don't know, but what I do know is it, it was bound to play a role, because the hype that was generated for that fight was... I mean, Mickey walking out to Zombie um, was like nothing I've ever seen. No, uh, the no, oh, I'll was, never forget that. Literally,
0: I was walking a foot behind him on the way out, and it was like an out-of-body experience. I've never heard noise like that. The fa- it was literally like there was some sort of electricity touching you the whole time when you were walking. Through. That sounds like balls for people who have never done that sort of thing, or never walked to the cage, never, never experienced an atmosphere like that. But it was truly flipping spellbinding, and to have you guys close and document that. Yeah. That's something that both those guys will truly remember forever. And people who were there will remember that forever. That's the greatest walk-in I've ever seen.
2: I I, I think it's probably the greatest walk-in I've ever seen. Um and you know, th- to be honest, the credit for that video doesn't you know, it's it's not really us, it was it was Mickey and, and Kaelin who, who made that they made it easy
1: for us. But um, well, we've always felt there was sort of especially local MMA and local shows in particular, sort of a gap in the market for actually promoting them, um, other than you know the odd Facebook announcement: Fighter A is fighting Fighter B. There's never any real hype, um, and to be honest, we just you know set up the cameras and let them do their thing, and that was the result of it. You know, I think it had over fifty thousand views running up to it, and, and like you said, I've never experienced you know an atmosphere around, especially an amateur fight like it. No, um, and I think it just highlights you know <coughs> the potential. No, I, I mean it wouldn't work for everybody because those were just oh no, two great personalities coming together yes. at the right time. Two um,
0: very special fighters. Yeah, yeah.
1: But there's, I mean, the talent in, in Ireland and Northern Ireland at the minute, you know, there's guys out there who could definitely, I feel, benefit or take their career further through doing that. So I think that's what we took away from it is that there's definitely potential uh, from a promotional standpoint for, for more to follow.
0: The way I looked at that video too, um, and I and you and I, we've all discussed this constantly. I always say that fighting and any form of combat sport is is an entertainment industry, a and b. It's a popularity contest. Absolutely, those two guys are immensely entertaining, and outside of that, they're very very popular. They jailed at that right time and yeah. with you, and I think you're probably selling yourselves a wee bit too short with the work that you guys did with the gloves are off style uh, interview. Yeah. Um, so if you anybody who doesn't know what the gloves are off it's a it's a sky promotion Johnny, Nelson, Johnny Nelson and usually sits down with two <coughs> opposing boxers a week slash two weeks before the fight and they discuss the fight leading up in. and it was such a very very good thing to do and it really as I said set that fight off and it blew that video clean up
1: yeah
2: I mean we, we to an extent um, I mean we, we we will always take credit on it's due but I think you know with some of our other other videos um, utter um some of our other videos, but you know the the creative aspect in it is is much more driving than something like that. Um, you know, we we definitely um, with the video we did, we went away with Daniel Lencheck, and um, we we did a video for Daniel who um, was a pro at the time, and uh, it was just like a little four minute teaser video of him, you know, training and whatever. But I mean, I, I definitely think and one thing that people do comment on with our work is that it has a very distinct style and a very distinct look and. Um, it, it has paid off in shovels for us because we've had opportunities to work. I mean, we were at um, Bama, um, and within, you know... This was in three months of us starting. Um, we'd you know, bumped into McGregor and Paddy Holohan and John Kavanaugh And for us, as, as essentially MMA fanboys, um, it was an incredible experience to kind of to see... Not the peak, because obviously the peak for us would be getting to the UFC organization mm-hmm. to get working. And um, we had... Um, an opportunity in, to go to Thailand, which fell through at the last minute, to film. Um, oh, I don't even know if we can say, but no, it was probably wouldn't. It was <laughs> a, a, a well-known fighter who's not very. Um, he fought a Bellator, put it that way, mm-hmm. and he was fighting another well-known English fighter. And um, uh, what was one of the more boring Bellator fights in the end? Right. Um, let's Maybe, leave it at yeah, that. Make what you will of that. Um, yeah. Make what you will of that. Um, You know, some might say that they're two of the most valuable players in the game, if you catch my drift. (laughs) Um, And uh, we (coughs) had the opportunity to go to Thailand, fell through just due to sponsorship. And this is probably the biggest issue that we've always found is funding things like this. Um, You know, obviously, um, as professionals doing this, you know, we, we, you know, we we generally get paid. but it's it's hard to, to balance that in a sport that's that's so still what, what a lot of people, especially people that maybe listen to this podcast, take for granted, which is that it's still a fringe sport here. Pretty much, you know, yeah, it's it's, it's it? a, a a bunch of hoodlums uh, in a in a warehouse most of the time, <laughs> and you know we're we're included in that. But I think people, because of the the scale of the UFC now, and because of the scale of you know people like Conor McGregor crossing over into pop culture, and um, people sort of. Have this this notion that, that MMA is massive, and, yeah, and yeah.
0: it is. It, it is as an industry, as, a, as an industry, as an, yeah, as correct. an industry, but, but the problem with that industry is there are so many facets to every portion of any of any industry. And I class MMA as being part of the fitness industry in general, simply because it. But it is an entertainment side of the fitness industry, like soccer would be. Like people go and watch mm-hmm. football the weekend. People go and watch boxing. Ivy MMA just not dissimilar to that. But well, there's yep. many facets feeding into it. But yep. not everybody involved in that business or involved in that industry. Is getting a large slice of that pie.
2: True, and and I think for us, you know, the issue, and it was it's one that we've come against on a number of occasions, was the sponsors. Um, you know, the fighters very rarely. Um, well, for a start, at an amateur level, you can't expect people to, to yeah. have the kind of money to get extensive media work oh. done. Um, you know, I mean that most of these guys, you know, I mean, look at someone like Triple C, Henry Corrigan. You know, works a job. You know, has what three belts. Mm. You know, he's full time, two kids. You know, and and that that especially as someone who's even remotely tasted what MMA is like as a sport to take part in, you know, you have to you have to respect that immensely. But a lot of people, I think, that maybe go to these events, whether it be Clan Wars or Akuma, you know, they, they forget that most of these guys are going to work the next mm-hmm. day. Um, and and for us, you know, our our target has always been, you know, the next the the, the bigger things and the the next organisation up. And the, you know, ultimately, we will want to make it to, to the point we're working with UFC fighters, but. The thing we always come up against is the the fighters have that many people clamouring to give them media that they they maybe don't something they don't understand what they would the what they would get out of out of a, a, a specialized video, but you know they they definitely I think at times it's. Leave it to the management. You know, message the manager. Yeah, let them do. And, it well we, and we will, and we do, and quite often what we get is you know exposure. From, ex, yeah, it'd be good exposure for you, and you kind of like no. Like exposure doesn't pay my yeah, mortgage.
1: Yeah,
0: I, I tried to pay my mortgage last month. Yeah. I offered them exposure. I have, yeah, I
1: I don't know some
2: exposure. <laughs> so you know, for for us, um, the biggest obstacle that we find as a business has been. Trying to find the right ways to fund it, and um, because you know we, we wanted to be fair for everybody involved, of course. But you know when it came to the um like that um that one where we were nearly going to Thailand, it was it was the sponsor. We'd offer them free rein to, you know, sponsor the the video essentially, and you know that that would be what they get out of it. So you know the thing is trying to create a tangible value to who you're pitching to. So a fighter won't, won't see a tangible value in terms of well why would I spend X amount on a video because. To so them, that's money, and they won't recoup money back. So that's not a good investment. That's what you would think. Well, you would believe that, but yeah. that's what you
1: would think. But, but I think, I mean, it sounds like we're pitching for our services, which we sort of are. But I think you see not so much a financial return immediately, but look at the guy. You know, you look at the impact having quality media work has on your career moving forward. Yeah. You know, unfortunately for Mickey. You know, injuries stopped him from making his Bellator debut. But like, I'm not saying that we had any part in it. But I'm sure the expo- the exposure there it is again from
0: screw it, tramp mortgage exactly. Yeah. There, yeah.
1: <laughs> One exposure, sir, um, from his fight with Caelan and the response to that. I'm sure helped in some small way of getting him that that Bellator offer. Because at the end of the day, like you said, it's an entertainment business and a popularity contest, mm-hmm. and people, you know support who they like and dislike who they don't. But, and, but yeah. you need to know that, you first of all. you need to know
0: the person. It needs yeah. to exist, or else per, the person's story isn't going to be told. And I think that's what some, sometimes maybe a fighter or maybe a management team are actually missing. Because what you guys can do, and what, what most media work seems to be doing, is about, about telling that backstory, the origin story of the mm-hmm. guy or, or the competitor. I keep saying guy, but I mean competitor overall. Um, in that way, that it, it is more exposure to the... I'm using that word. It's more... <laughs> O- o- over with the public, more, yeah. they, that person becomes far more over with the public. They see them in a in a different light. And well, you think, used Henry Cargan there. I mean, Harry, Henry Cargan's a cracking story for somebody who would, in my opinion, benefit greatly from something like this. Yeah. She, strong family man, brilliant guy, great fun in around the gym, superb person to have on the mats, and possibly the most dangerous guy in his weight division in Ireland at this minute. I, w- so. I would
2: say that's probably accurate. Um, I mean, it's a it's a it's a tricky one because. On the one hand, you know you have um, you, you have so much competition out there, and this this is why media is such a, a complex business. There's so much competition for for us, but you know the problem you come against is you come across uh, young uh, film students. You come across you know people that are just passionate about MMA. You know, I mean, many of the people that photograph uh, clams are incredibly talented people. Mm-hmm, yeah. But do it for the love of the sport. Yeah, you know because they're they're photographers first and. And and MMA photographers second, photographer second yeah, and you know, fans and, it's, and, well. and fans, yeah. of course, and for us, you know, uh, we we this is what we want our life to, to be. We want our life to be one of, of being able to to tell people stories, and it's the one thing that uh, that I feel that we do better than than nearly any other um, media outlet out there that that sort of does this this line of work in MMA. Is it like we, we do our best to try, to tell the person's story? So, um, if you take Daniel Lynchek's video, for instance, now Daniel, as much as we love you, wasn't a much of a talker. Um, no, he's not much of a talker. But um, Dan's
0: probably one of the best guys. Again, I, I use this because obviously I was good friends with Dan. We just gelled straight away. But he was again one of the best guys to have in the gym. Great fun and, and definitely had a great personality. Yeah, hundred percent. Not a fantastic talker on camera, not a guy who was willing to excuse the pun, blow his own trumpet very often. (laughs) I I guarantee he would have if he could. I think,
1: uh, like you were saying there, and Daniel's a a great example of that, and you're saying about Henry as well super popular in the gym everyone who knows them, loves them wants to see it, and that's, especially with sort of local promotions, is that you end up getting lots of support from each gym now where we step in, and hopefully what our work helps do is it gets Joe blogs on the streets to care about it and it's, it's nearly a third party and getting you know, the general public behind it and it's sort of what we're saying with, uh, I'm sure you're about to say with Daniel, it was just getting his story out, you know, putting it across social media to people who you know, don't know him or you know, it was shared by a friend of a friend of a friend or whoever and you just, you know, they came across it and therefore they became invested in this next fight, not just, you know his close friends or people he trains with
2: I think you know, for us, when we were working on that video, um, I think Daniel, when we were down in Dublin, we documented like a sort of it wasn't a documentary, but we did like an artistic um, day in the life kind of thing of what it was like on fight day down in Dublin yeah. when he fought in Bama and he fought Owens. It was, great
0: yeah.
1: fight. It was a great fight. fight. Um, so I don't know if I got past that body kick. No, no he oh, got yeah, no. the body. Fair oh, play to
0: Stevie there as well, because that was a, a superb shot. really, yeah. really clever, clever body kick at the end of a combination. No one found, rightly that he'd fired. A le- I think it was a left hand, bringing Dan's right hand up, and then slammed in the left body kick. Dan yeah. was stepping out of the way of it, but that probably made it slightly worse for yeah. him. It's
2: yeah. 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 Oh, so just more rotation on it. Yeah. Well, we we realised quite quickly when we got back that... we. We, Daniel was very focused on the fight and we'd we didn't we'd like to have had more interview footage with him, I think that's what we'd initially thought but when we edited the video there was one thing that he said that was left in we narrated it and we, we did what we do and, and, and gave it an artistic cinematic feel and we let the, the footage tell the story and the one thing that Daniel said in that video was after the fight he was walking up the stairs and I think yourself and possibly um Peter, Peter was Duncan was there and he was walking up the stairs and he was sort of, you know, he'd just come out of a, a proper scrap that was um, a bit beat up, a bit worse for wear and he just turned around to the camera it was the only time he'd actually, I think, acknowledged the camera form like properly, when we were filming the entire weekend, and he just said so you want to be a fighter? And for us, when you get handed something like that, those are the moments that that you're waiting for because you know you could you could spend forever interviewing people, and this is where I personally feel a lot of the, the media that you see out there maybe goes wrong. They put it onto the fighter as if they speak like Conor McGregor or as if they speak yeah, like, like you a know cutting a wrestling promo it, yeah, or, or something. Yeah,
0: you have a Colby or someone yeah. like. that. But even then, like those guys are they're media trained. They're completely yeah. media savvy. They know. You also end uh, up with a lot control.
1: of cookie cutter. Answers, you know, it's always the same. I'm training hard, I'm ready for this, mm-hmm. and it's never really a sort of a glimpse of the personality. You could literally, you know, swap the audio with the faces yes. at times. Mm-hmm. So
2: but that's definitely that some Jerry Butler
1: movie, <laughs> yeah. yes, yeah, it does make terrible movies. Well, no,
2: he, he's, just, not, he's made one good one that law abiding citizen was good.
0: Yeah was, uh, But you could just Replace him with me oh, you Ultimately Because yeah, yeah, yeah. he's, he's far no, He's not as good Looking as me Clearly Of course but not, not. Um, But you understand He's just not a f- most fantastic actor No
1: right? he's definitely not um, not 300 But it, you know Oh no There's lots of Hard bodies and, and that's, that's lots of steroids that's going a st- on and that. We um, didn't know where
0: this was going. Nope. Then, and did you watch the start of Ren Hate all those <laughs> years ago? <laughs> <laughs> or oh, the, the love scene in Scum. Have you seen
2: that? It's jokingly called The Love Scene. Scum was in a, a very, very early Ray Winston film where he's in a juvenile home and there's a famous scene of, I can't remember whether it's him or someone else, but getting buggered in the shower. But I just <laughs> jokingly refer to it as The uh, the Love, love Scene. scene. Yeah. But uh, no, uh, for us, you know, it's been a, a real <coughs> privilege and and, and an honour to to work and with some of the people we have. Um, you know, we're really proud of what we do, um, and we look forward to doing a lot more of it. People like Daniel, like Daniel, was the first one that took a chance on us after we did the Clan Wars highlight uh, video. And again, if you saw ten highlight videos, and this is, we will be blowing our own trumpet here. But if you saw, you know, you can go on and search on YouTube Clan Wars highlights and go and look at one of the ones that's up or some of the ones that are up. And I can guarantee you that without without looking at the subscriber count, they'll know when they see ours. They'll know, like yeah. just from the, even if the people that are listening to this haven't seen us or heard of us, if they look at three highlight videos, if they happen to find ours, which they should do, they'll know which ones ours mm-hmm. compared to the other ones because we, we take it a different direction. We didn't want to just go film, you know, a a highlight reel like you'd see on ITV News, you know, where it's just, it's all clean, it's all fresh, and it's just, oh, so here's the highlights from a fight. You know, we wanted to actually capture what the event felt like. Um, In the Mickey and Cailin fight, we actually did the video in two parts, and the first part was like a little highlight of the event, and then the second part, where there's a tone change, we then did the whole Mickey and Mm Cailin fight obviously not the whole fight but as in we did a a, a dedicated sort of three or four minute highlight Mm -hmm. package to that but the setting that we we were able to to do and we manipulate a lot of emotions through music and driving uh, the narrative through music and narration which is something that a lot of other people are afraid to do Um, but I personally think that narration gets to fill in those blanks where we've spent time with the fighter, we we know them better than than the people that we're trying to portray them to so for us, you know, we're able to sort of fill in the blanks um, to maybe give a bit of context to an answer or to, to give uh, more clarity on something because, as I said, you know, you're, you're asking someone, like, you know, to sit in front of a camera, which is an unusual experience for a lot of people, and just tell their story. Um, and a, a lot of the times, you know, you'll get you'll get clips that are, are fantastic and perfect, but, you know, I mean, for, for the Jeff Hall video... Um, and again, this was all all Jeff, you know, he just got up and told his story. And we, we sort of, he was a bit uncomfortable, I think, initially, yeah. where he was sort of like, you know, I don't like being on camera sort of thing. And we just said to him, I said, ignore the cameras, me and you are going to have a chat. You know, and we sat, we drank beer, and we, we had a really good chat. And, you know, we got, I think, about an hour, an hour and 20 minutes, maybe Probably even longer more, than yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we could have used... All of it, probably. Of you, it. Could probably do one, you know, yeah. and not that, that, that working with someone like that is a blessing. That's not something you get all the time, but it actually made our job harder because there's so much. There's so much, yeah. the really wet it yeah. And, really much much it down, yeah. and it, to anyone that hasn't seen that video, you know, it that highlights Jeff's story of of an incredible comeback to more than just martial arts and a comeback from a pretty dark place mentally, and and trying to portray that in a 15 minute video, yeah. you know, accurately, especially when someone has given you. An insight into their life, but a massive insight, mm-hmm. you know. And it's there's a lot of responsibility comes with yeah, that. Yeah, you have
1: to you have to treat that sensitively. Sensitively, yeah, mm-hmm. because there probably were things Jeff said, and if we could have thrown in, but you, not that you want to protect his character as well, you have to appreciate how much he's willing to share. And uh, I don't really know where I'm going with it. Do you I, know what I mean? I, it's, I, there I, is it's it's just sort of highlighting the responsibility you have because people are and can be vulnerable with you oh no there's no
0: two ways around it that is an incredible vulnerability I Yeah. Think, again you're being very kind about that but that is an incredible vulnerability like Jeff basically opened a book on his life to, yeah. you, to both you guys and if anybody hasn't actually gone and, and seen that video I encourage you to go and search YouTube for that video um, it's Jeff Hall Hummer 2.0 go and search for that video and also I'd be remiss to say go don't um, not to go back and listen to our podcast with Jeff. But we kind of we don't extensively go through that, but we talk a bit about it. And Jeff does discuss as as you pointed out, there a dark place, a mental health struggle ultimately, where Jeff had some quite deeply dark thoughts at a certain period of time in life. And this video isn't necessarily about his comeback as a martial artist; it's his comeback from that dark, dark place in life where he was able to resurrect himself and then go on to become a better martial artist because of what has happened to him. And I think you guys portrayed that. And what you said, like, it's difficult to do that in 15 minutes. You guys illustrated that brilliantly in 15 minutes. I think it actually turns about 18, 20, Uh, something like that. But within a 20-minute time period, you guys illustrated that probably better than 90% of the people. And I think there's a goal there because, yes, you knew Jeff, so there's a comfortable aspect of that with it but it's also about the storytelling, the narration in the background. As you pointed out, the, the mood of the music even just laid the table brilliantly for what that video is. Go and go and look for it, folks. Please, please, please go and look for it and give it a share as well and go and follow Jeff because the man's an absolute legend, one of the yes. nicest people you could ever to meet. to. literally one of the yeah. nicest humans. Right? And, and, and just he just deserves all the success he can ever get. And I think that maybe just, not saying popularity breeds success, but it, it, in a way it kind doesn't of will hurt. do, it doesn't mm-hmm. hurt. So that's just my view on the on the Jeff video. That's my favorite one of the whole lot. Yes, I was marginally involved in the Mickey thing, but I was I, I was nowhere near the Jeff one, and I was so pleased just to w- watch it from a, from a distance and to see the, how well created that was and how brilliant they had turned out for both well, you thank guys. Thank you very much.
2: Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, I mean, just just before we move on from that topic, one other thing is just. Um, just on the mental health topic i mean obviously everybody at the minute it's on the tip of everyone's tongue so this you know it's good to talk and and it definitely is but i would just implore anybody listening to to go and 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 to talk to their friends or family if they're struggling or reach out to one of us like you know we can't fix anything but like certainly i mean i've had i've had mental health struggles and um, it's definitely something that you know thanks to people like jeff you know i mean essentially what people would would view as a
0: hard
1: map coming yeah, out. There's no
0: two ways around he's mm-hmm. a tough motherfucker. He really mm-hmm. is. And if you watch his last fight just as an illustration of how tough Jeff really fucking he is, is.
1: Yeah.
2: Um Tyson Fury obviously recently is has has been a really good spokesperson for it, but it's just I, I just I always think it's important that any time it comes up to just remind people that, you know, you don't have to do it on your own. Um and I mean like I for instance I've just got my letter finally after a long wait of therapy and that's something mm-hmm. that uh, that has been a massive relief for me, just knowing that that's even coming. Yeah, you know? You know, and, so and unfortunately, so, yeah. the problem is with things like this, when the onset, you know, the, between when it onsets to when the, the the light starts to come through again, can, can be a daunting period of time. But mm. one thing I will say is that if I didn't go to the doctor when I did and get the ball rolling when I did, I wouldn't be where I am now. Yeah. And now I'm, you know, and and to be honest, a, a massive part of it for me has been mixed martial arts.
0: Yeah. Huge. I was gonna actually I'm glad you brought that up and I hate using the term organically, but it has happened organically. Yeah. Um I was gonna bring up the the mental health side of things and about both you and male competing in, in two mixed martial arts fights and being a part of helping to coach you guys, um, I found and I was able to see what you went through mm-hmm. and I can tell You know, But you'd be better off telling the story about how much of a struggle that was for you, especially being somebody who has has documented mental health problems and, in my opinion, has bigger balls than most people because what you will do is you will openly discuss that Mm -hmm. and you will be honest and very, very candid about what that does to you and what damage that can do.
2: Yeah, it's the side of things that I think a lot of people don't talk about. Everyone sort of promotes it and they say, you know, oh, it's good to talk about it. But a lot of people, I think, are hesitant to actually admit What it feels like, or or what way it might manifest. Um, For me, I I had pretty severe depression, um, which led to um, generalized anxiety, uh, which led to essentially hypochondria. Um, And it when 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 you go through the the periods of time, whether it be you know, I mean, there's there's times where it's maybe every day, numerous times a day, and then there's times where you might be okay for a week or two, and then it comes back again. And and for me, it it's just. Overwhelming. Um, you feel overstimulated and overwhelmed. And um, when your phone goes, you panic. Uh, you know when. Uh, uh, and the, the problem is that this this to some people will sound ridiculous. Um, but I'm okay with that because they they haven't had to go through it, which mm-hmm. is you know that is wonderful for them. And and I I hope that everybody that's listening actually thinks it's funny because that means that none of them are going none, through it. Yeah, none of them are suffering. Um, I, you
0: know, I was I remember reading something years ago. It was a book it's called The Psychopath Test. And if oh, know, uh, uh, it's, John... It's actually Ron, um, jo- Ron, 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 Ron Johnson. Or John uh, um, um, Yes, he wrote um, another book as well, The Many Starrett Goats. Uh, uh, yes, Johnson. Many Starrett Goats, and also Them, which is a good book. Um, but in the, in the Psychopath Test, there's a little section in that where he discusses what it's like to be a psychopath. And at the bottom of that paragraph, it says, if you are one of the people now who is reading this book, and you're asking yourself, are you a psychopath? The simple answer is, no, you're not. <laughs> because hmm. you are discussing these symptoms, that's yes. similar what you just yeah, discussed yeah, in the yeah. help because if you're asking yourself about why, why would somebody go through that? It's not happening to you, and I always yeah. thought and I re, I re, I revisit that every now and again with that book when I'm thinking, fuck, that must be terrible to be going through those things, and then I realise, well, it's not me, and I'm I'm kind of very very gifted and lucky that those things aren't yeah, happening to me. I, at this I mean, I think
2: that that is uh, the general consensus. Um, you know, with things like this, is that it's it, all of the people who are dismissive of it, or you know, oh, it wasn't about in my day. Um, well, probably was. No it just no, one, one, no one, it. one talked about it. Might it might have um,
0: a name. Yeah, oh, that's one true. One it one was Or it was maybe hysteria, uh, uh, yes, or you know, or you know or you or a he's a, blues, a bit off. Or, yeah, or, yeah, I yeah, about yeah. these terms that we have grown up with. Oh he's he's dying. And just tell to give himself a shake. And I'm using him all the time because male mental health is a is a much bigger bigger problem than what we know. And don't get me wrong, there are of course issues with female mental health or gender cross the gender um, it's the suicide rate health. when it comes to that that's yeah, the appalling reported, one the um, highest reported rate of suicide in northern Europe or in western Europe is, is northern Ireland right here alone and it's you 1635
2: know, I think that's part of the reason why it's difficult for people to to reach out as well because they always feel like "Oh, sure what's the point because there isn't help and there is if you're persistent about it and that's that. that is the unfortunate reality of this country when it comes to mental health is that you have to be persistent. You can't mm. just go to a doctor once well, because the first thing they'll do is put you on antidepressants, which I had a really bad experience with. I had a good experience overall. Um, I was on one for, for six or seven years that, that did massively help mm-hmm. and then the, the doctor basically, I think essentially, was like, look, we're moving on to look at change in this purely because I had a slight change in circumstances, so I to a change in symptoms. And then on top of that, I'd been on it for a period of time and um, it was just time for them to try a different approach and then mm-hmm. I had a really bad experience on it and I ended up worse than I was before and feeling worthless because you're turning up to like I even took myself to uh, the mental health team uh, in a local hospital shall not name and I just turned up there and just pleaded for help Mm -hmm. and they told me that without a referral from a GP they couldn't do anything and my GP hadn't at that stage referred me and and it, it felt like an uphill battle but I once I'd sort of calmed down from that because that was you know then you get yourself worked up because then you're feeling even lower than you were because you feel like you're worthless mm. when you're asking you're reaching out and asking for help. Um, it 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 meant that I I was able to go back to the doctor and explain what I'd just gone through and the way it made me feel, which I think was one of the things that actually led to me eventually being referred, mm. which was that I was able to be like, look, I cannot keep doing this. You cannot no. put, put people in a position, and the problem. Excuse me the problem is you kind of do have to be the one crying the loudest mm-hmm. to get to get what you need but I, I would say that in a positive way to anybody listening who's struggling it's don't stop just keep going yeah. you will get it but you just have to not give up and it's this is where MMA came in for me so, um, say,
0: so that that as a segue into that how did how did uh, martial arts in general or combat sports it, just for anybody who's listening, my th- voice sounds horrendous. It sounds like I've smoked 40 unfiltered woodbine or park drive or something. Um, I'm struggling with, a men- uh, with the cold here. I thought you were um, say menopause? <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, I've got yeah. the, the manopause. My hormones are going wild and it's affecting <laughs> my throat. Um, so that, if you wonder why I sound like I'm 3,000 years old and I've just woken up from the crypt, it's simply because I have the cold and it's complete another utter pish And also, it's 3,000 degrees below zero
1: here. It is cold. So yeah,
0: is. going back to that, uh, how did combat sports in general really assist both you guys um, with, in fact, you know, better better ask it a different way. <clears throat> How did the actual competitive element of combat sports affect your thought process leading up yep. to your fight?
2: Okay, so, um, firstly, um, and I'm, I'm sort of monopolising the podcast here, so I'm keen to get Mel's input on this too, but it's just because of the, the experience level on the topic there. Um Firstly, just a quick sort of narrative of how we got into it, um, which was we started filming, and then we both sort of said, like, I think you did, you'd done like a few months of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and you were like, 18 "Oh yeah, now, hadn't like you?
1: ten years ago or something." Daft.
2: Might like, you be a black belt now? Um, which
0: breaks my heart. <laughs> <laughs> you're not you're so bitter, better. better
2: no. uh, I had boxed a little bit before, but like just as like a hobby, and like you know, it was more boxer size type stuff than anything, and. um we went to the event, we sort of caught the bug and, you know, we're both both Well, I think we've been
1: big fans for a long time and we'd always sort of talked about doing something. Originally it was a podcast and that never came about for whatever reason and then sort of finally got round to doing it and I think we both came to the realisation that we can't really sit in our ivory tower and talk about these things without having experienced it and any form now, you know, when you say we've had mixed martial arts contests, we, uh, have. we have, but I mean, <laughs> they're not UFC or pro or anything like that. They were literally to, you know, dip the toe in the water and, and see what it was like. But I think, well, I personally, and I'm sure there's a bit of crossover, is that my initial interest in combat sports, not so much martial arts or mixed martial arts because I found that later, uh, was birthed from. Um, being a fan of pro wrestling back in yep. The late 90s he, and early 2000s Exactly like
0: yeah. They lying.
1: Yeah, yeah I used to see uh, Stone Cold And The Undertaker and Triple H And genuinely thought that uh, They were the toughest bastard yeah, on CBS earth At the, the time, time. And, and I wanted a
0: bit of that And <laughs>
1: and they're not And
0: they're not yeah Don't ruin this. Don't ruin it yeah well, right,
2: well, Mel and I have actually been friends since we were Sort of four or five And um, and we were you know friends up until we were teenagers and then you know family you know his family moved uh, and we weren't in close proximity anymore. But it was like part of our routine was going to BB on a Friday night and then watching Raw and then watching Raw. Yeah. You know, I'm playing with wrestling figures and we would you know this, was right 20 20. 20. Yeah. <laughs> this is last week. Yeah. I remember like we used to like literally like make our own you know WrestleMania cards and it would be like the headline event is Spider Man
1: you know? versus. The Hulk. Uh, yeah, we, we, we
2: used to have to do that, you know,
1: substitute in like different yeah, toys. We didn't have enough wrestling figures to, to, to fill to the collection.
2: <laughs> it's a bit like what um, what Bellator do with their European cars. Exactly. it out yeah, with F- whatever F- works. F- you F- know. F- whatever's
0: closest. Um, Who's on
2: UK reality TV we will have one of them. But yeah, we, we we came here one night and we came to Muay Thai it was the first session we did here, and the funny thing was um, we came here and look, we had a completely full class. So it was you know it was obviously trying to trying to manage. There was probably too many people for one man for, for him. Oh, like. yeah, absolutely. And uh, he was like, right, do Muay Thai, and we have pads, <laughs> and we were like, I threw a kick and kicked his elbow and shattered the top of my foot, <laughs> and uh, Luke came straight over, and he says, sounds like you just kicked an elbow, you alright? My foot was all puffed up, and I was like, yeah, not really, no, and he's like, maybe just throw punches, and I was like, yeah, maybe should have tried to learn how to kick before <laughs> I did that, but um, it didn't put me off. Uh, we, we started to come here a little bit, and then to be honest, because of where we were living, it was quite a lot of travelling to get to to IFS. So we joined uh, R at the time. What was R M N U Hollywood Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and we trained there. That's like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is what I will do until I am physically incapable of doing it anymore. Um, I fell so hard for it, and um, Mike Summers, who's there as the coach, was just very welcoming and and gracious with his time, and clearly cared a lot about the the pupils and the members and. And the club, and we were training in this. And you actually saw it. It was like a like a tiny little garage.
0: Yeah, it reminded me of something that you would see somebody fixing a car in in these standards. That's <laughs> not far that's off what it yeah, was.
1: Pretty much what it was. Uh, yeah. You know, was too,
0: dodgy cars.
1: Yep. <laughs> too warm in the summer. Too cold in the winter.
2: And um, but that was part of the appeal. It was like there's just this garage of animals, and yeah. in the middle of Hollywood, right beside a, a Tesco's Express, just mauling each other. You know, five nights a week and. We loved it. Um, they have now moved to a huge and amazing premises uh, in Hollywood uh, called. The forge, forge yeah, grappling, but I mean, the academy is
0: the, the building. The academy is the building itself, and we did the podcast with uh, Andy Young. Yep, he's now opened hybrid. I, mean, I go, uh, advise everybody to go back and listen to that podcast and just really see how cool that, that person Andy it's is. It's great, dude. And now he has his own superb academy right in the center of Bangor. It used to be the old Mike Bulls gym, directly across from where the, the old bus station is yeah. Isn't yeah. It? yeah. Oh, directly across from where the old police station and directly adjacent to where the, old, to where the bus station yeah, is. Yeah. So, I mean, literally, you're right in the in the heartland of Bangor. So, you guys, have, you, you went then, you Brazilian, you did so you, you, you did come the train with me then yep. for a while with boxing, and then we moved out into the, the the day the day of competition for anybody who's never done this before. And being a, and not this isn't a bad thing. Being a novice at that, mm. what was it like, Mel? What was it like for you?
1: I had I think delusions of grandeur and of how the fight was going to go in my head, and a pile of pressure which ultimately just came from. From nowhere, but my own mind about uh, performance, and I'm—I've uh, never been diagnosed with anything, but I would say I'm quite an anxious person, um, and nerves and anxiety and everything built to that. And it's sort of like the fear of the unknown. And I've always found we are two larger gentlemen. Let's say that, and it's always been quite easy to uh, go into maybe sports settings and be able to, to nearly shield your ego from from taking anything and there's something terrifying yet exciting about the idea of essentially going out in front of a, a room full of people including your friends and family in your pants to uh, to fight a, another, a, another man, man. It's, about, his pants. Yeah, it's about as vulnerable uh, as you can get um, I find so we've had two fights each I find the first day or the first fight easier because it nearly was that was nearly blissful ignorance, ignorance yeah. um, going through it. And yeah, it was just I I, I felt a lot of pressure. I didn't want like my wife and my dad and my granddad and my brother and some you know close friends had come to watch. And not that I've ever portrayed a a hard man image, and far far from it. But just you know being the big guy in the group of friends, um, you sort of you have a bit of a reputation. Oh, you don't want to mess with them. And sort of you know getting out there and the very real possibility that, could you know, that image could be completely shattered um, was just a, a lot of pressure. But, I mean, I enjoyed the day and enjoyed the build-up to the fight. I really enjoyed the training. Um, to be honest, before I sort of got into mixed martial arts, uh, physically I'd got into a bit of a rut, um, had played rugby in school, never really enjoyed it, had absolutely destroyed my ankle and um, never really went back and sort of essentially sat my hours for a couple of years put on weight and I really didn't have much structure uh, with physical exercise at all and you know the looming deadline of a fight was I actually quite enjoyed because it forced you to you know, you had to train like this, this big bad unknown thing which was going to happen in two months, three months forced you to get out of bed, forced you to get up off the sofa and go train so I really enjoyed it in that aspect um, I mean, fights didn't go our way. I thought it did all right in them, considering our experience level. Um, but it was interesting because we've been around, you know, much higher level fighters than we were, are, and ever will be. And seeing how they processed it, and then actually having to, you know, live that experience for yourself it gave me like such a appreciation of you know top end, high end fighters, and just like the mentality a good m- point. needed for that is just next level and I mean it's not for it's everyone really not for everybody no. I mean
0: that's one of the things I'm not ragging on anybody who takes part in white collar sport I'm definitely not a referee to white collar show there at the weekend and for all accounts everybody who was on the show has massive massive pickles because they still get in there and did it and they knew the consequences um, but whenever you, sometimes people, people take um, combat sports a little too lightly. Mm-hmm. Um, you may, maybe see that they think they're going to play at it, and there's no such thing as playing at combat sport. No, no, um, all. there are consequences, um, and I think from what you described, you you are now more appreciative of that consequence. Absolutely, yeah. but also what you gained from that was a love of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu yeah. and a healthier outlook on life. And in fairness, like I saw your shape change over that period of time. Like physically so you reduce a lot of body fat you became a much more athletic individual your mindset even changed you felt like properly no bullshit you're the hardest hitter I've ever held pads for (laughs) that is not a lie I've Mm. held pads for some knockout artists in my day and yet how hard a human being can punch was then magnified again by how hard you can hit and it is quite terrifying <laughs> <laughs> that somebody can generate such force, and that's not due to body, that's due to yeah. technique improvement, biomechanical changes. Obviously being involved in a good level of rugby, having that athletic background, did, did definitely play a part, but you know, I can just say that I was very, very pleased to have played a tiny little part in, in yeah. for what you were able to achieve from that, and I don't think you should be unhappy with yourself in either aspect. I mean, the first fight you fought, Lee McClure, friend of the show, now living out in Australia. Hi, Lee, how are you getting on? Hopefully, get you back soon and get a good chat. Um, Hope you're getting on okay in Australia. And your second fight as well, was another a guy with a bit more experience than you too. So I mean, you didn't you, you didn't let yourself down in my, my opinion, you did yourself very, very proud. It was a good thing for oh, I think to see.
1: With a bit of hindsight. You can appreciate that now. At the time obviously it's yeah. crushing and horrible. Of and course
0: it is. It's utterly fucking had to,
1: shit. Yeah, had to do that walk of shame and I like I'm not a overly emotional person outwardly but like going and having to sit in front of, I remember this, the second fight um, walking from the back just before uh, you fought and having to go sit and it was like sitting in front of a court and my wife dad, grander brother essentially sitting in a row and just like Can could, you explain
0: yourself, did, you explain well, yourself essentially the yeah and just oh, sat
1: with my head in my hands, could not look them in the eye it was horrible but I mean it's something uh, I want to go back to you know now whether that's wise or not. Based off this, um, it's sort of given me an appreciation that if it is, it's like you're saying I didn't. I didn't go into those fights thinking I didn't think I took it lightly because I think we we train our asses off for it. Um, but at the end of the day, from our first ever session to the time we had two MMA fights was six months total, ridiculous. which is very very quick. And I think if I'm going to go and do it again in the future, you know, I'm going to look at doing it a year, year and a half yeah. solid training down the line because now we've got a taste of what it's <coughs> actually, you know, a taste of what it takes, like, uh, w- w- what we were doing at the time, we thought we were doing a lot it's Again, re- when
0: you were doing a massive amount though, when people, you, like, that's not really fair, you were doing a great deal mm. but n- now you understand. Well, maybe it's an, it's an experience it. thing yes. yeah, th- th-
2: th- that's what I was going to say is, you know wh- We've both had we I mean we had trained I think in total for eight months and had two fights yeah. by the time that yeah. like that both of those fights were done. You but know, probably
0: with a month gap as well of like not necessarily. Well I was I was out for nearly training. two with, with yeah.
2: broken ribs from the first fight. Yeah. Um and and then that actually played into to, to my second fight, but I'll get to that in a minute. Um but you know, I think that um it was more, the, the idea that we'd, I'd only ever had one hard sparring session, and it was Lee and I went to town in the cage and had a really good, like, it was brilliant. Um, but do you know what, like, it's the one thing in hindsight that I think was wrong about both of our preparations, um, and, and do you know what, part of that is, is on us, the other part of it is on we were, you know, we were just following orders from everyone, you know, because we we were training separately, you know, we were training with you, we were training at IFS a bit, we were training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and I definitely think if I could give one piece of advice to anybody anybody who was ever thinking of setting foot in the cage or boxing, have a lot not, obviously, a lot of hard sparring because you don't want head trauma, but (laughs) you need to do, you know, a couple of months out, you need that
1: because I was... Finding out how you react to properly getting yeah, punched—that's a yeah. metal test. Yeah,
2: and that's it's also, body. you know, it's—it's it's a doubt over your head: is am I going to be able to take a punch? You know, yeah. now in the fir- this is what I was actually going to get to. My first fight was with the guy Frankie McDonald. He's a lovely fella, but he didn't really fight me. He put me up against the cage. The referee split it up. Uh, within a couple of seconds And then in my head, and this is an inexperienced thing I went, I'll just let him take that position then Because the ref will break it up mm. And he didn't, and he was lifting his leg through these knees that, like, I came out literally, other than the ribs Which were already broken going in I came out with nothing And I didn't even feel like I'd had a fight And that, I thought at the time Was a good thing Because any time we were in the open he'd, He was shelling up And he was just panicking Because he, he didn't want to stand with me And that's, that's fine you know, and uh, I mean, I obviously like I'm six foot eight odd, and you know, I have a massive reach, so I think that's a wise move for, for a majority totally of people. I um, think he,
0: he controlled. He fought a pretty smart. It was a smart fight, come, but know. it wasn't
2: in terms of what a fight to when you are preparing to go into it and it's what you're expecting. What you it's not what I expected, and, and and unfortunately, like you know, he was he wasn't able to take me down. He didn't land a single glove on me. I don't think the entire fight, and possibly a jab or something, but that was literally it. And in and, and terms of an experience, that wasn't a great experience in terms of what to expect moving forward, which is what I'm going to get to now. I came out of that feeling like, well, I, you know, on the in the open, I did well, and I, it was a mental thing that lost me that fight. In terms of when he took that position, where I was maybe we were clinched up against the cage. I wasn't worried about pummeling, because to me, the ref was going to break it up. But that's an inexperienced thing. And now, moving forward, well, if you, I mean, we saw in the second fight, I wasn't letting someone clinch no, me. That no. wasn't going to happen, no. you know. Now, whenever I... What happened was I'd cracked my ribs in training. Um, a guy we trained with in Forge had... We were doing a guard passing drill in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and he sort of elbow dropped me. He, like, jumped past my legs, and...
0: A couple of minutes uh, it, ago, you were telling me pro-wrestling isn't real. Yeah, <laughs> there we are. One people's elbow later. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it, it
2: cracked my ribs, and I felt it at the time and I knew it, and I trained around it, um, which probably in hindsight wasn't the smartest thing, but the worst thing was that the, the, the injury that I took in the fight was just from being pushed against the cage, and I knew that I'd done it, and I remember, well, the only thing I really remember after that, because that happened towards the end of the second round, was... Um, you, we were in the corner, and you were like, "You all right?" And I was like, "No, I think I've broken my ribs." Um, and the doctor came in, and he said, "If you can breathe, if you can tell me you can mm-hmm. breathe, I'll let you continue." And I remember being like, "I can't breathe, but I don't, I don't want." You not want to say like, that, like this, yeah. And I remember you just like literally like th- th- that. i consumed <laughs> all the time in the corner with the doctor, and I just went like I breathe. It's fine, it's fine. And it was stupid because I mean, ultimately, the fight ended the same way. If I'd just gone like my no, ribs I mean, are fucked, you know, yeah. and. um, I just remember you screaming. You just, you just trip him and you take him down. You just take him down and it's and you've won. You just take him down and I shot for a takedown and and I knew I knew the second that I changed level I wasn't getting it because um, <laughs> Get I was just him, and yeah, yeah, in yeah yeah correctly uh, correct sorry and uh, basically the reason that, that was came into my second fight was the second fight I, I don't want to say opponent changes because like. You know, you, they're 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 faceless people to you because you like. What do you know about another beginner no, or another? True. You know, but at the same time, it you plays know, in everybody's mind. Play, if, yeah. If,
0: if you don't, if you, if it doesn't play in your mind, you're full of shit. Yeah,
2: hundred percent. And you know, I ended up fighting a guy, Ryan Dunlop. Who's a great fellow. We had a pint after. had a great time. with had a great scrap. Um, but going into that, um, the first the first fight day against Frankie was a piece of cake because, as Mel said, you're not worried about anything. You don't know what they expect. But I was fine until that day. And that day, then I started to think to myself, well, you didn't really have a fight the last time. So the chances of you coming out on ski at the game are slim to none. You're going to get, you know, the, you, you're, you're gonna, you know, there's no way you'll get another fight where he, he, he won't throw too many strikes at you. He's bound to throw strikes at you. And then I had someone come up and tell me, oh, he hits like a truck. And, you know, you're sitting going, like, fuck, I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to get myself ready for this. And, I was actually not in a great place mentally in a couple of days leading up to that. Unrelated though, I was still like just carrying on with the fight. Um, but I mean, it wasn't unrelated. You know, what I mean, it wasn't because of the fight. I felt like that, but it absolutely affected it. And when we got into the fight, um, I felt like I flurried him in the first, um, and I he shot in, and I wrapped him up in uh, a dors. And it's the only time I've ever had it that deep and not finished it and he told me after, he was like I felt the uh, like the black coming in from the sides, he was, the like, you know, I, 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 he was like I was panicking like <laughs> fuck yeah. me. Out. So he did what, what I hadn't really thought of and um, because as I said, and this is the downside of maybe an experience which is in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu you can't just pick me up and slam me, mm. but you can in MMA yeah. and that's exactly what he tried to do so mm. I had two choices. I could either hold on for dear life and start squeezing but then you go and do burn my arm what if I burn my arms out doing this and I can't and even I can't hold my guard it, up You know. and you know, the next thing. And, you know I, I I made the decision to let go because it was that or get tipped on my head now in hindsight I should have just held on but
0: in those split yeah, seconds those you know, time, that's not how the mind no, works no of course not the mind is, is full of what, what I describe as, as full time self protection if you perceive a danger You'll act immediately to stop it. At that moment in time that was your danger. You didn't really know that in the future that no. Darsh would have finished it. You had no fucking idea. So so you probably did the right thing at the time.
2: I had the first round in the bag and I remember coming back to the corner and you said, Well, that was it. You've won a ride. You're you're you know, you're fine, you're fine. Just keep going, stick to the plan and Mike was sort of saying, you know, like if you can get him in that again, try and drop, try and roll, you know. It was great, no problem. Um, and then Troy had spotted and rightly so, I am a tall fellow, but I don't have very large legs. And um, they they spotted it, that the leg kick was there and, and I think a lot of this came from when when we were sparring in here in IFS, you know, it's it's technical sparring. So, you know, it's not that you're not worried about leg kicks, but this this comes back to what I was saying about hard sparring having a place. You can almost just take them because they're never throwing you know, them that not hard.
0: Throwing venom. No.
2: And 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 because of that and also this is no slight on you at all, but from, from spending so much time boxing, your stance is just a little bit more... It's much it, more comfortable. Absolutely. With? And for me, I always always find that my stance was more comfortable, like like a, a slightly more traditional boxing stance. Yeah.
0: So I'll second that, actually. Your stance was ten times more comfortable doing that. Yeah, doing well,
2: nice. I mean, I, I, my base mm-hmm. is, you know, my legs are so long that if I based out like Stephen Thompson, well, like I can say goodbye to my legs, you know, mm. I just get chopped clean off. But, you know, I... Uh, I I found that um, their adjustment was 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 perfect and Ryan to be fair to him like I caught him with a really good calf kick that he showed me after and he, he messaged me on Monday that's uh, we fought on the Sunday and he says mate see getting up and down the ladders so he had like a golf ball stuck but in his I'd, calf I'd, I'd
0: shown that whenever yeah. that happened I immediately said the Mike he's wrecked his calf and I was shouting calf kick calf kick calf kick yeah. but then obviously that Again, registered with him too because then he started to throw the leg kicks. He did,
2: and, and where it went wrong mm-hmm. for me, um, and this, this is this is the two the two sides of it. One was mental, and one was physical. Which was when he started throwing the, the leg kicks, I was I I, I, I it's funny because you'll you'll know you'll both know this from when you're in the cage. You have these weird thoughts when you're in there about like problem solving. So when you when when you get hit, you're instantly like, right, where where'd that come And you're almost assessing, you know, where, where it was coming from. And I remember thinking to myself, right, I have to counter that somehow. And I remember hearing you being like, just throw, throw your right, throw your right. And I remember I had this like flashback of being in here where Mel and I were here with Dave Hill one day and we were doing like tie style drills. And one of them was catching a kick and the other one was planting and throwing. <laughs> and as in my head, I was like, the next time he throws that, I'm going to plant and throw a straight right. He caught me with one that, that ended up doing tendon damage. Um, no, not major like or anything like that but it was enough that in between the rounds i i was just broken like I was in physically in quite a bit of pain and mentally i i couldn't i, I felt like I wasn't processing everything that was happening at once and i i felt almost that anxiety that I talked about earlier on about yeah. this overwhelming <clears throat> feeling um and and it's hard to like it took me a long time to come to terms with it after because like even when I was away I was just back from travelling for a bit there and there was days where I was maybe doing a long drive in a motorway and I'd go back to that fight and I'd replay it in my head Mm -hmm. and I'd think about it over and over and over again and it took me a long time to come to terms with not the loss but the for me like coming to terms with the fact that whether you you could or couldn't do anything different you didn't and accepting that and, and understanding that that's okay and that you know that how I should feel about myself, or how I should carry myself, based on that fight, isn't actually based on the outcome. And it took me a long time to to come to terms with that. Because, to be honest,
0: if I ever fight again, I'd love to fight Ryan again,
2: or I'd love to fight Frankie again. Because I feel like with Ryan, I we had a great scrap. Well, you're probably
0: right. The, the raw. You could even say for say Rogerman you did fight either one of those two guys again, and the outcome turned out to be the same. Well. At least in that way, you've, you've made the opportunity to try and right the wrong. Yep. You might correct certain things that you did. What you would you see to be correct correcting things that you did in, in that fight and, and come away feeling much, much better about the outcome, even, I, even if it was the same thing?
2: Uh, yeah, you're right. But I, I also feel a little bit like, you know, if I'm going to do it again, well, why would I do that? You know, because that's not, that's just gaining the same experience again, even though it would be completely different. You know that's uh, one
0: thing about a fight. Like there is no two, th- no two fights are ever the same. No, yeah, you could fight the same person a hundred times, you would mm-hmm. have a hundred different experiences. Although the outcome may be a hundred different times, yeah. the same thing over and over again. I but f- I, uh, fights are are the, are the most. That's one of the reasons why people love combat sport, and that's one of the reasons why we're all fucking nerdy fans. It's simply because of the unpredictable nature yeah. and the unpredictable consequence that takes place in every single fight.
2: Well, Ryan and I went for a pint after, and we just talked about how, you know, it was tough scrap and. We both had our moments and, you know, he's a really, really good dude. And, you know, it was an incredible experience in that regard because, you know, I was forced to then come to talk. You know, if you don't like someone, you can you can hold on to that and be like, oh, well, next time I do this and I do that. And it's like with him, I'm just like, I, and I even said to him after, I said, go and have the night that I wanted to have go and celebrate with your mates yeah. and, and hold your, it's a, out, your it's hands It's not
0: as easy up, you know? if the person's really nice. You you don't, <laughs> like, you know, you like know can imagine them out in the car just pulling a kitten out of the boot of the car and beating a <laughs> a cricket But you, know I mean? you want to hate them that yeah, much. You just can't. But you can't because they're so fucking nice.
1: That's the reality with, with lots of guys. You, you spar and you end up fighting is that you're all in the same boat.
0: You know, you're all just yeah. a
1: bunch of guys trying and doing the same thing. And trying
0: something realistically And in, in, in both you, your guys' cases, there and then, that it was such a new experience in yeah. both terms for everybody, yeah. well, and d- you had that sort of machismo that you, you, that you then went on to, as you said, Frank, and also Rana, and now you would describe them as mates. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, and, and it's the same with Lee. Yeah. Lee became a fantastic training partner as well yeah. for you too. Yeah. I mean, he's such a cool dude, now out in Australia, but I mean, he was he was a great training partner yeah. for you too.
2: I mean, like, just just to wrap up that that side of it for me was that you know the the metaphor and this this. You know, we sort of come full circle. You know, when you were saying about what specifically was it about martial arts that helped or whatever, well, for a start, one of the, the most frustrating experiences in my life was going to a doctor and being told I needed to exercise and I needed to stop drinking. Now, they were right. I stopped drinking and I felt a lot better. Shock. Um, I wasn't drinking a lot at the time, but like even just having a few beers, you know, every couple of nights or whatever, you cut that back, you'd be amazed a, how much weight you'll lose and B, how, how much physically better you feel but I remember them being told you need to exercise and I remember being like, seriously, I'm coming to you with mental health issues and you tell me to fucking exercise? Mm-hmm. Are you joking? Because the reality of it is that a lot of people can't, for whatever reason whether it's mental and it's anxiety and they don't want to or they're depressed and they can't hold their head up, let alone go out for a run um, that's where one side of it came in which is having a form of exercise that isn't boring is massive Um, a lot of people when you say the word exercise, they think of running around a football pitch or rugby pitch in schools, punishment, you know...
0: In the pissing ring. In the pissing ring and, that, and, you and being yelled at, A yeah. teacher who watches a shower. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> go for sharing, go for sharing. Well, we, actually, it's funny, <laughs> man, on that f- fax, fax, <laughs> yeah. one, one of our PE
2: teachers in school was Big Willie Anderson, who was yes. the, the rugby player, and let me tell you, that boy was a character, And I, and I... Yeah, he he liked the ladies, but anyway, um,
0: that seems to be some sort of a saving grace. <laughs> yeah. As yeah, He's watching you. What's <laughs> the camera for, Will? <laughs> great oh, guy. Nothing. Nothing fantastic to worry. Lover. Yeah. <laughs> really soft touch for a yeah. big man.
1: But I think I think
2: people think about them. Um, <laughs> they think about <laughs>
0: people's
1: views of this man. <laughs> like, that's a that's a great
2: guy. guy. <laughs> they think about um, like exercise as punishment, uh, or like something that they won't enjoy, and and to me. There's two things with with, with martial arts. Um, one is you know you, you you do an exercise that isn't boring. It's fun, you know, and and with, whether now, that be time. karate or one of the ones I don't believe in, like um, aikido or whatever. And foot. Um, yeah, uh, there's definitely still benefits to it in terms of exercise, discipline, camaraderie, camaraderie. Um, you know, all, all of those things hold true. Kindability
0: is the other thing for me, and not respect. If you are Any person taking on board, no matter what sort of exercise routine, if you want to take up bodybuilding, you want to take up Krav Maga, you want to take up Zumba, I don't give a fuck. But one of the things is the accountability of going to somewhere where there's going to be other people, and those other people are going to be expecting you. We
1: found that really beneficial. Essentially, we did all our training together. You know, there were days, and I can speak for myself, and I'm sure there were days for for you that you just didn't want to go, no, but the other to but your, your mate 20 was minutes going into that, yeah. you are
0: starting to feel happier, yeah. better yeah. stronger, fitter, faster, whatever or you've just gone man. I'm glad I fucking did that. I, yeah. like, but there's something
1: really like refreshing about, and you sort of get it more, and I've played lots of sports and lifted weights and this, that and the other, but you'll never empty the tank quite like going and doing combat sports or mm-hmm. a session of combat sports, no. and then the other side is the, the mentality thing, it's, it's good to Sounds weird to say it. it's I mean, we're big guys. It's good to go and...
2: Get your ego smashed. E-
1: yeah, get your ego smashed. Strangled by some guy who's a third of your body weight. You know, yeah, it's, it's, mean, a, it's a healthy it, thing because you don't walk out of here feeling, I'm Billy Big Balls. No,
0: and I, I would second that. Um, I would say that some of the best experiences I've ever had in combat sports have been some of the most tired portions of my existence on mm-hmm. this planet. I mean, I remember actually after a freestyle wrestling match, literally having just about enough energy to put myself into the recovery position and that was my mind thought, I'm I'm, I'm fucking out here, I'm going to pass clean out I, I can't breathe, what are you doing and I, one of the things I remember was, ah, first aid recovery position, and I literally put myself into the recovery position <laughs> Please, sir, that sounds, slap that sounded, the yeah, war. that sounded so crazy, but it was such a great feeling of elation, and that was then mixed with a feeling such as oh shit, you know, that Desperately, a tank, as you quite pointed out, the tank isn't it isn't empty, it's fucking crushed, it's burned, yeah, it's turned yeah. itself inside out. You're just so done. And I think that having that great experience can only be beneficial for a person because you realize yeah. how good you feel at the highest of highs yeah. and how good you can feel or how bad you can feel at the, at the at basically the pit of the low. Well, yeah. that,
2: that's that's 100% true, and actually, that's pretty much one of the things I was, I was about to say there, which was that you have the one side of it which is just exercising is, is good but mentally, and this is the one message that I've taken away that will, will stick with me forever whenever I got out of the, well, either of those fights, and you get this to a lesser extent every Brazilian Jiu Jitsu session that you roll you remember that like rolling is fun but it's also fucking awful. It can be awful, park, But it's, it's the best. Terrible. You know, yeah, you, yeah. you're getting your shit pushed in and, and you're you know, you're getting strangled and you're having to give up and you're having to tap occasionally or, or often if you're good. Constantly. You're the one doing that to other people. And that A keeps your ego healthy, but B, it reminds you of the most important metaphor, which is that you're gonna be alright. Yeah. You go through this really terrible, terrible experience, but you can, like, six minutes later, it's over. And, and that carried through to me. And I remind myself of that all the time yeah. that, do you know what, like, that that six minute period of time, it doesn't matter what it's six minutes, six weeks, six months, six years, that period of time will not It'll exist at a certain and point. It's time and time continues, and yeah, that's it. And, and, and you just kind of almost realize that you can, to an extent, ride this out and, and that, that metaphor that is it's easy if you're listening to that to, to, to hear that and go well so does that make sense but once you have had that that contact a, a level in a sport where you feel like you're as you said your tank is destroyed you've nothing left you're going to die if you don't get an inhaler or oxygen or you know you have someone on top of you crushing you or they've got their you know, the cross facing you from side control or they're pacing you up in boxing if you survive that and you have that tangible experience, something real that you have actually gone through, not someone telling you about it, you do carry that with you and you wear that. And that's why it took me so long to come to terms with the fight because the outcome wasn't actually important in the end. What was important was that it was another time that you survived. You've overcome something. And you've overcome, you've overcome,
0: a, you've overcome a, like, the, think that's what people sometimes do miss about fighting um especially for the i hate using the term casual fan because they're, they're people who they're are fans, fans and they're not yeah. they're just fucking fans but people who watch martial arts not as maybe as much as we would or um, consume so much boxing martial arts kickboxing whatever they don't realize how much of a mental hurdle that is each and every time yeah you know there is such a a, a very difficult thing to do i mean you're you're we Mel, you rightly really pointed out earlier on. It's like bearing your soul. You know, yeah. you're you're there in front of your friends and family. But for sometimes, you know, it doesn't matter. You could be one person you're there in front of, and it's still a hurdle to climb. And I think that's that is a. a, a, a There's
1: something a, liberating, like you're saying, about coming around the other side of that. Like, don't get me wrong, losing sucks. Oh, and if I could, If I could go shit. back, I would change it. Any possible way I could? Then I, I gouge and bite British and cheat. <laughs> <laughs> I do anything.
0: You'd be Ric Flair, yeah, you sand take, in the take, pockets, blood in the your
1: free nut shot, Yeah, exactly. You know. But and I know like it really is. And you lose, and you stand there, and they call out the other guy's name, and you walk to the back. And honestly, you do think like the world is folding in on you. And I, as I explained that you know, going and having to face friends' loved ones, and then an hour passes, and you're driving home, and you know what? Your wife, your girlfriend, boyfriend still loves you. Your parents are still your parents and your mates are still your mates. Mm-hmm. And you just and something when
0: you're going home and somebody goes, what are you for dinner? Yeah, and, you, and just I the world keeps turning. not hanging. dead. And right, I, my, mine, mine was
1: I, the next morning. Just woke up and I was staying at my grandparents' at the time and just woke up and got on and it was like nothing had happened the day before. And I was a bit weird that no one wanted to talk about it. I think it would be a bit different if you won because, I mean, if I win, I'm going to live in that glory forever yes we're going to talk through every detail of it every day <laughs> but, I put
0: my right toe yeah. <laughs> just yeah. my left. Yeah, you might have
1: just noticed yeah. that but uh yeah just the, the world keeps turning and it's, like I say it's a good experience to just like you get through it it's it's not
0: it's, not catastrophic, it's hard to
1: say it's not the be-all and end-all because I don't it kind of has to be at the same time it's a weird mental balance because like said you don't play fighting like I was going to go in like the mindset going in there was this is the only thing on earth which really matters right now, but then to try and flip that once it's over, win or lose, you know, like, Mm -hmm. if I had a one, fantastic, but you know, the stakes are they're more personal than anything because the world keeps turning, oh Fighter A won a novice, amateur fight, whatever does anyone outside the immediate circle care too much? Not really, because it's just for you but it's just, it's getting over that and the world keeps turning and it's, you know
0: I always liked the Chael and what he said was, you've always got a 50-50 chance. Yeah. I mean, I thought, it, hold on a second, he's fucking right. Yeah. There's only two dogs in this fight, there's only two horses in this race, and I'm one of them, or you're one of them. Or the, you know, yeah. So you're, 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 There's always that yeah. element where I could lose, and I think both you guys, in my opinion, came, came through that very, very well. You both really showed an awful lot of balls. For people who've been training for, as you pointed out, eight months, but it's basically overall the six months of training for two fights, which is three months per fight with no experience whatsoever. Well, that was the a, other side a, of it. Great, great illustration of what can be achieved.
2: Well, that was the other side of it, which I was going to say is that, like, you know, it, had we trained the way the other, but you know, there's guys fighting on that card that it had three fights, four yeah. fights, you know, yeah. and you kind of go on like if they I really had that novice? experience well yeah are they really a novice well, I've always
0: that. I I go on the sort of amateur boxing side of things and what they class as a novice you know and it can mm-hmm. be 0 to 10 zero to 20 fights and that would be you know they haven't had a great deal of experience At the time limits are shorter yes and you know and people understand maybe a wee bit more of what's going on in boxing than sometimes they would do with mixed martial arts so in that respect I would say they're probably still a novice but their experience level different. different yeah. and that's the, mm-hmm. that's the yeah. key and, and it's massive like that, that's everything
2: um, now the, the other thing that that fighting taught me um and weirdly this was fighting not training taught me this like i uh i mean we we'd been training on average twice a day five days a week on average you know between boxing sparring brazilian jiu-jitsu we made yeah, an boxing, extra session with yeah everything um and you to an extent like part of the reason we did that was necessity and that as you just highlighted we we had such a short space of time you and we're the mindset that we, to you know, we're going to do what other people aren't prepared mm-hmm. to do which is the only reason that our matches were even remotely competitive mm-hmm. um, because let's be fair the other thing that you would definitely learn from fighting is that someone with six months experience beats someone with one, someone with two years experience beats someone with one, normally there yes. are exceptions yeah. but normally I mean, so hard, but the experience I mean, is everything um, or not even experience, time served time in the gym, time um, in the um, mat, time in the ring whatever and, in the lead up to the fight, um, obviously you're so heavily focused on it. Um, I didn't realise what my partner had gone through until I saw her after the fight, and I just broke down crying and said, "I'm sorry," because i she'd sacrificed just as much as I had because we weren't really seeing each other. You know, Mel and I were you know working together, training together. We, were, we had a full schedule, you know, Monday to Friday, for, for argument's sake. Our days were just flying past, and you may be training at night, and you're training to 10 o'clock at night, and you know, by the time you go home, we get showered. And I sort of realized that, like, whilst fighting is a selfish sport, I realized that, that, that what I was actually fighting for wasn't necessarily me. And I actually, you know, fighting, to me, was proving. I, I in the past, have, through, through mental health, had issues following through with things um, you know uh, and, and it was really important to me to be able to go right I'm doing this and I'm going to train hard for it and then I'm going to do it and you know yes most of that was for me but I didn't realise until after that part of it was also you know, she'd sacrificed too and watching watching how it unfolded was difficult for her but also just the lead-up to it would have been hard for her as mm-hmm. well. And, uh, you know, I was very, very lucky um, to, to not only have her support, but, to, you know, how that fight went didn't change how she felt, even though, deep down, that's what your biggest fear is. She's not going to want to be with me. I joked after my first fight, I was like, oh, well, frankly might it. as well just yeah. go take the message, yeah. go take the keys to my car, you know. <laughs> have my dog. That's
0: everything. it, yeah, you know, yeah, survival of the fittest. The I remember, you can fucking have yeah.
2: them. You That's what
1: I was saying earlier. Like, you, 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 it is selfish, and you think, to an extent, you are doing it for yourself, but it's how it matters to, to to other people. Like, I mean, I wanted my wife to feel like her husband could handle himself, or, yeah. you know, if needed be, and I wanted my dad to think that he raised a,
0: a real man, a real ma- you know? It. And, like, the yeah.
1: same with my granda, and I wanted my little brother to think that, you know, his big brother could help him out and this, that, and the other, and that's why I was, like, if no one had been there, it would have been easier. Whereas it was the crushing facing a yeah. but then like I said, the liberating thing of they still love you, they're still there for you and move on. And let's be honest, if you're <laughs> if you're a girl or you're Parents are disowning you because you lost the fight. Yeah, it's probably for the best anyway. Well, yeah,
0: but <laughs> I was going to say it's not going to work out really well. No, that's the thing challenge. though.
1: It feels like it, it, it feels,
0: feels like yeah. Like, but the, the, the other thing that like you guys identified that, and I think that's a male thing. I do think that's oh, it a is hundred percent. And I think it's like being the, the leader of the pack, or the oh, or whatever it is, being the big dog. But yeah, but whenever it comes down to it, you know, you what they, they train and, and, and effort that you guys put into your fitness level, all that sort of stuff. Would set you apart from ninety five percent of the populace anyway. Well, that's the thing. You know, and but you don't view that because on that minute, yeah, I fucking lost to that dude. Yeah. That doesn't mean that Jimmy the Spy out the front, who's gonna try and nick your phone, isn't gonna get ironed out in about fifteen seconds. You even see, that undernourished, super noodle fed <laughs> spy attacks you. You definitely can crush them. That's yeah.
2: exactly it. Um, and you know, like I, I like I said, but I part, just, part of an ego thing is like is I wanted
1: people ego. to know that I could do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> even though, even though <laughs> you. nobody saw. Nobody me, saw me. Me. Yeah. I just come down to training someday, and I'll show you. <laughs> Because that's the just thing, beating like, the smallest guy. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere,
0: somewhere. <laughs> Bum fights, yeah. yeah. yeah this is
1: Mel going fucked
0: up. Yeah. Like yeah, you with the one fucking leg. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, like I'd I said, they're just back from travelling, and uh, you know, it, it made me the the fight tied into this because I kept thinking about it a lot whenever I was driving. I mean, we did nearly ten thousand miles in three months, which is ridiculous, but um, whenever. Whenever we were in any place at night, um, there was a couple of times, you know, that you got spooked just because you hear something or whatever. And there was one night that um, my partner got spooked and, you know, she asked me to go and check. And I was like, yeah, no problem. It, didn't, it doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, this is just what you would do, Seems as if you heard a noise in the house. But it was like... Send her. A <laughs> I know, you go on out. You, you go on out, get Human a yeah. But it reminded me that, like, you know, she wasn't thinking... Lost that fight no, not right there. Do, you, do you know thing? what I mean?
1: We need to, the muscle.
2: But at the time, you know, at the time, it didn't, it didn't cross my mind. And then after, I remembered. You know, like as I said, I was driving, I was thinking about the fight, and then I was thinking about. How she'd still needed that. And Mm -hmm. like as a as a male, obviously, uh, maybe there is an element of an ego thing there, but it's still it's I think that it is part of a part of a male psyche to want to protect, of course. But you know, things change when it comes to that. And like we we were living in each other's pockets for four months and it was an incredible experience. We we met people on the road who maybe started out as a two and are now a one. And not Mm -hmm. I don't think any couple, we were living in a van, I don't think every couple would survive that. But the fighting made me more grateful for, for her, uh, and it made me more grateful for the people I have around me. It made me more grateful for what, what I was able to achieve. Uh, it made me feel like I actually could
0: do things.
2: Um, exactly. It, I, I
0: mean, it probably gave you a wee bit more confidence, too, that you could seriously take her if she got lippy in the van. <laughs> <laughs> Just about, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you met her. She's <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have, actually. And, I That's be how I really broke the
2: ribs. She's moving off. She's far too feisty. <laughs> I'm, I'm terrified over, Um but no, like, uh, you know I, I, keep, I keep like it's actually making me emotional thinking about it to be honest, but like, going through all that um, with the fight and and like I said, like the first fight, my dad went he couldn't go to the second one, and my dad is like super quiet Um, in the video, I didn't hear it at the time, but in the video I can just hear him, I can just hear him calling yeah, him, emotional. and you're like, holy shit like, it's a big thing you're doing and it didn't Weirdly, didn't feel like a big thing because we were training for it, so we were like, "That's just what we're doing." Yeah. But then when we go to clam wars and watching people do, it, you're like, oh, "That's wild, like, isn't it?" But when you're actually doing it, you don't feel like that. You no, feel no, no. like
0: yeah, because the world shrinks and, and Mel pointed out the no. world shrinks to whatever size of cage or whatever size of ring or whatever size. Do you know why that room. is?
2: I think I know why that is. So There's perceptual distortion. You know, do you like, know? Do you know mindfulness? Yeah. So like the headspace app. Oh, yeah. So mindfulness is the, like this idea that theoretically you can live in the now. Live in the now, right? Only time in my entire life that I've ever had an experience where I was thinking about nothing other than yeah. one thing was in that cage. There can't. was <laughs> nothing else going on.
0: That is a very uh, that's a perfect way to be. And I, I keep it on about a book. Um, it's called The Rise of Superman, and it's about being in a state of flow, which is really mindfulness for sport. Yeah, but go back to one of the other podcasts we did with Gary Hamilton. The mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. a Gary's yep. a fucking legend. But he was talking a, a bit about, he says he used to lose focus in fights. And he says he would be thinking, you know, halfway through, guy cracks him right hand, he goes to throw him back and he goes, I left the fucking door open. <laughs> and these thoughts are going into his mind. And I relayed, I didn't, didn't share it at the time, but I remember, it was actually my last MMA fight, and I was in the, in the mount, and I was really in the moment of trying to control this guy who's very, very good, incredibly physically powerful individual. Um, and I was like, oh shit, I'm, I'm not, I'm, just, my mind was starting to, maybe starting to wander, starting to mm. get a lot of self-doubt. And I remember my brother was sort of yelling at me from the corner, you know, like, do this, do that. He was a, a barrage of information, like a fucking tsunami of information, and I wasn't processing. And at that moment in time, I literally remember, like, this moment, like, this beam of clarity just went back in the head, and I was like, what the fuck are you doing? What are actually you doing? You're really, you're grappling with another man. <laughs> For what you crackhead? literally, and, and what woke me out of that was the guy regained guard and, and caught me with an elbow or a left hook or something like that, and it sort of shook me out of that. And I thought that you can get hurt here. Go back in, you know. And I had mm-hmm. to recover that. So you know, living in the now, using mindfulness, yeah. or, or as, as Gary pointed, out, he thought he did that. I didn't even knock the door and leave the oven on, or, <laughs> you know. And those are our thoughts, intrusive thoughts that we all have every day, but it's more prevalent and more dangerous in a combat sport. Yeah.
2: Yeah, well the consequences isn't The consequences are very fucking high I mean, it's it's been An incredible experience doing it um, I don't know what my plans Are long term with it um, I know I want to compete in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu uh, I know you want to compete in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu yeah. as well Mel um, I'm open to the idea Of another one down the line But I have bigger fish to fry At the minute, I have um, I, I think we, we have work lined up, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I I definitely after that travel I need to recoup the finances. To, uh, a bit. Yeah, I was going to uh, say you need to recover and, and uh, all that. You know, I mean, you know, my partner and I are you know starting to get that point of trying to build a life, and, mm-hmm. and you know whether or not MML fit into it or not down the line, I I don't really know. But it's played a part. But it has been, it will forever play a part. I will mm-hmm. never forget, even if I never set foot in the cage again, I will never forget the experience that, that I've managed to have, the people that I've met. The people that have helped the people that were there. I mean, you phoned me after my second fight and we were on the phone for about an hour. And, you know, it's hard to describe and it's what has given, I think, us an edge over maybe other media um, groups that do what we do. Like, I feel now like I I can laser in with a fighter now uh, on kind of what they're going through. I mean, the scales are astronomically different. But the, but the process is the same, and you too. know, you don't you know,
0: be what you've done I mean, either.
2: One of the things about that that novice event we did was you know there was this thing of you know don't be cheering and don't be doing this that and don't be doing that. And as you know what it is, see for me it's like that was my championship title. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that, yeah, and and you know like that if that that might be the furthest that some of those people ever go, and you know what more part to them because. That experience will change you forever. Like, and and that is, I remember saying that to, um, I think to Frank actually after our first fight. If you've never fought, you are one hundred percent a different person after it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I, you, it, it is long lasting. It is a very yeah. difficult thing to describe, and I can the only reason that I can half pinpoint is the reasons that we went over. You know, mm-hmm. just that you. I think you have a little bit more respect for yourself. You have more appreciation for those around you, you know. Because ultimately, have achieved
0: something very, very difficult. Ultimately, yeah. I know. With, I know people say well, it's just having a fight, but it's not. It's all as you rightly pointed out. All that stuff we've already touched on, talked about. It's the goal setting. It's the nutrition. It's the fitness. It's the cardio. It's all the other technical differences your biomechanical changes, your lifestyle changes, your loss of, of contact with your partner, your friends, your family, all these things are completely focused on maybe what can be nine minutes.
2: Well I would like I will be eternally grateful to, you know, people like yourself, Andy and and you know, Paul who facilitated the event, um, let us come up here to Spar because he knew that we were training, you know, in other places and, and you know, never never sort of made it out that we couldn't take part, you know. He was very much worked around us. Yeah, he definitely worked around us because we were training elsewhere. Um, and uh, you know, my my friends who supported me, my my partner, like I, I, I genuinely, like if I if if my missus, who's also male, to those who don't know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, <laughs> it's uh, just being a wig. If she were to tell me <laughs> she wanted to do it, I mean, I would of course be supportive. But knowing what it actually takes to do it, um, it would would be it'd be hard. It'd be hard to watch someone go through You'd be it. Living in the van again. I would. You'd I would. be living in the You
0: couldn't go in the house. Uh, no.
2: <laughs> I mean, if, if she got like if she roided got up. really good, <laughs> up Moy time black belt or whatever, like just throwing leg kicks at me all day when I speak out of line. Um, Who left the dishes in the sink? <laughs> <laughs> But I always, I, I have always wondered that. Is like, how would I respond if she wanted to do it? Um, because I, I I think now I appreciate how big it is. As we're in the initial stages, I didn't, and I think some of even some of my friends that went, I think maybe don't understand why. No, you can't, that's you can you're you can't.
0: in there. You're inside the tent pissing out, rather than outside the tent pissing in. You, don't <laughs> get it. you just don't get it. And, I and think for lots of people, it's, of they
1: see the three, six, nine minutes. They don't see the three months, of so mm-hmm. two training sessions a day yeah. and then denying yourself a glorious pizza <laughs> mm. well so that's
2: the other thing too is the weight the weight thing um, I actually want to talk to you about this Andy just to hear where you stand on it at the minute like um, I'm on a, in an unfortunate position weight wise where I sort of fall between, like I'm over, over I mean I walk around at heavy weight but mm-hmm. I'm, I mean I'm only what 103 kilos mm-hmm. or something but we we fought. I I weighed in at ninety four. Yeah,
0: but for me, but the, for you, the weird thing isn't isn't it, it isn't such a big deal to me because you're six foot nine. Mm-hmm. I mean, realistically, you could easily put on weight comfortably and fight yeah. happier and heavier and healthier at heavyweight. Well, if you were to compete in either a mixed martial arts again or combat jiu jitsu or whatever it is you want to go and move into within jiu jitsu, where that to me doesn't. I, I to me it's not even an issue. I did say that to you at the time. I know you worked really really hard, and the weight came off very very mm-hmm. quickly for you, which is another good thing. But I think if you were to then, go on a strength training program, we're talking about getting guys and girls on to discuss more into um, mm-hmm. strength training, really as yeah, it relates to awesome. combat sports. But um, for you, something like that, I think, is more beneficial, and it would give you that maybe that wee bit more confidence and edge too. But I, I, that to me isn't a, isn't a problem. <laughs> well, that
2: that was actually one of the things. Uh, that that I found difficult was um, you know, obviously managing the way it was tough. Um, but what you said there, which is that you know because of my frame, I went in lean. Um, where in hindsight I'd probably want to, but we didn't have time. You know, no, no, in an they, ideal world, yeah. this was this was my point was that yes, I'd have ended up that. having to fight someone like Mel at hundred
0: and twenty I mean, whatever. and I want that, to compete <laughs> years, time, and you take on board a really good well thought out strength and conditioning program now. I don't like using strength and conditioning, but a strength program. Your conditioning comes from what you're doing outside of that. So a strength program now that will increase your size and then with your conditioning routines outside mm-hmm. of that and your technical routines outside of that, you then build that all together. I hate using the term functional because it normally conjures up picture of somebody with a kettlebell dangling off their dick in a fossil ball. <laughs> um, but a functionality related to combat sports. There's no reason why you couldn't bulk up to a very, very healthy size. But then obviously you're going to have to pay more attention to nutrition and yep. your, your calorie intake. Being which as a
1: diabetic is not Which as a
0: diabetic is very difficult for you too. But I mean, that's how I would view that with you guys. But I see we're running up to about an hour, an hour and a half now, which is a cool time for a podcast. So bring this to a very abrupt, not an abrupt close, but to a close. What's next for you guys?
1: Lots more... Video work hopefully next year, branching out again. Um, we sort of have taken a few months off, like you're saying. He went traveling. Um, I've moved house and had a baby, not me personally, which would have been impressive. Been but you
0: been, you'd have been Cait- Jenner?
1: True, true. Um, well, mm-hmm. uh, podcast will be back in the new year. Whether it returns in the same format, we'll wait and see. We're, we're sort of just spending the rest of 2019 essentially plotting world domination for, for 2020. So. Is uh,
0: the Palooka media going to stay the same? Um, yes, yes, yes and no. And no. In right.
2: that we, we, we are going to be doing more traditional media work as well because, as I said, you know it's a very competitive field and the, the scale of professional mixed martial arts in Ireland isn't huge. So most of the jobs that we'll be seeking <laughs> um, will be... You know, probably England, you know, further and, and further afield. Uh, and for that reason, the Public Media will be our MMA, MMA banner yeah. and then author films. Um, it's just for business reasons. Mm-hmm. Author films is our sort of weddings, yeah, business yeah. videos, That's that sort of thing. Um, in terms of what's next for us as individuals, uh, I think we're both just going to continue that the chase for the black belt in, in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Um, hopefully, get boxing with yourself again mm-hmm. and, and just, just
1: see what comes. Um so take a few months and. Assess so Sort of after the last fight and through, you know, circumstance took a few months off, so I don't think anybody's particularly fighting fit at the minute, but I mean we'll we'll see how it goes. Just get back into the swing a of, of regular training.
0: Yeah. Perfect. Um where can anybody find you on the socials, which I know is a thing before anybody says there's no such fucking thing as socials. I guarantee it's a thing.
1: Jack and Mel's super rad MMA show on Facebook and on Twitter, yeah. is and it's actually just super at MMA on Twitter Super at MMA on Twitter And I believe our Instagram is Policamedia. At Palooka Media It's underscore media is it? We should really know this We should
2: know yeah. this shouldn't we It's Palooka Media If you search Palooka polica, I'm, I'm sure, it sure it you're going to have
0: Palooka Media out there I,
2: I wouldn't have thought so no. But thank you very much for having us on It's it been an absolute yeah.
0: pleasure Again um, as I said it's selfish reasons Because I'm glad you're back from your travels Jack Emel um, and I have met up um, in between times and Cheating got, on me been Cheating <laughs> on you a bit Um, but I missed having great crack with you guys, conversations, coffee talking mad shit about MMA, pro wrestling all that sort of stuff in between um, training sessions so I'm glad to have you both back and that was a selfish reason but also wanted to get some insight into the media aspect of what mixed martial arts is, it's another facet to the game, um, also into your own lives, your own Mm -hmm. combat sport experience so I'm glad that we can actually meet up and and do this and also the fact of your podcast expertise, you're going to help me out a little bit more with that and Whilst we're on that subject, I want to just thank both you guys for the help that you've given both myself and Phil during the course of our journey with no, being podcasters, being app, pod, being pod, being a pod, fucking, mm. being what? podcasters. Um, so you've been very, very beneficial and helpful with regard to editing and advice and all the other things that we're right now. So we can't thank you enough. No, 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 um, So just to bring this to a close, I want to say a big shout out to. Um, training partner and friend Dave Hill who came back from NAGA there the weekend yep. with a couple Beast. of gold medals yeah. and a bronze as well in the absolute division animal. an absolute yeah. animal and under I said criminally underrated mixed martial artist and criminally underrated grappler now so criminally underrated the, person uh, Yes, what the, I mean we could go on, we could spend a podcast on how nice the guy is, he's just one of the nicest guys in the game and truly one of the most dangerous fighters on, on our island yep. so um, big shout out to Dave, congratulations and all the other competitors as well over the weekend That we had uh, time to I was lucky enough as well Kieran and I attended A Northern Irish Pro Wrestling show Called Titanic Wrestling Which was a superb show overall Exceptional athletic performances From some of the guys and girls there as well So Very diplomatic Genuinely brilliant Like (laughs) properly brilliant I know obviously You can be a pro wrestling fan or not Or like mixed martial arts or not it is something athletically. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Different, yeah. and it is very, very impressive to see people performing at such a good level. They might not be hard, men, but they're tough. Oh, course, <laughs> you know, ridiculously tough in, in certain ways. And I've, I've watched some of the training with the guys as well, and how tough they are, and how hard they train is, is, is only, I mean, bested by mixed martial artists or yeah. boxers. And and, and if you, I'm not going to use the term legitimate combat sports because we. It's maybe a predetermined outcome, but there's a a different difficulty to it as well. So my advice is go out and support your local combat show. Go and um, meet your combat athletes and and really just get involved in the sport. You can find us at uh, Not Another Fightcast on the socials, on uh, Twitter. Sorry, we don't have a Twitter, but we do have an Instagram at Not Another Fightcast and on Facebook at Not Another Fightcast. I implore you please go like, subscribe, and share and help us climb the podcast rankings. also please go back and listen to our back catalogue Phil was uh, uh, lucky enough to speak to Helen Hellraiser Harper, a season 23 tough competitor, she is awesome and what a fucking great podcast that was such a good talker, such a tough life and such a really really brilliant fighter, so go back and give that a listen, plus our back catalogue there we have, as we talked about Jeff Hall, Andy Young Danny Core, Gary Hamilton we have Paul Murray, all the, the Carlos Kramer, all these guys and girls who have now been on our podcast which are very very lucky thankful and grateful to have so, folks, this has been not another fight cast. I am Andy Deacon Burroughs. Remember, fighting solves everything. And we have been <laughs> today with Mr. Mel Brown and Mr. Jack Arnstups. Thank you very much for your time, nope, guys. You're welcome. And um, hopefully, we'll see you very soon.
1: Thank you.